Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. I'm your host, Chet Zar, and today we have the return of Carrie Ann Bada. She has a new book called Scissors and Tears, and it's really amazing. It's her first art book, I believe. Really amazing. Looks great. And um, we're talking books. We talked books. I did the interview already, and uh, it's a really great one. It's really fun, and um, anybody that wanted to ever wanted to do an art book, this is a pod, the podcast to listen to. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's an ordeal. But, um, oh, yeah, what is the date? The date is uh, the 23rd of May, 2023. See, I said it. I did it. I can do it. Um, let's see what's going on here. Um, uh, I finished one of the commissions I'm working on, and... Almost done with another one, starting another one, so I'm getting things done. I am working on some new sculptures that are going to be really cool. I'm excited about those. So I got a lot, a lot of irons in the fire, and uh, yeah, just grinding it out, <clears throat> getting things done, playing catch up, taking advantage of this year. I said I was going to get everything done, and I'm getting it done. Damn it. So you won't have to hear me talk about it after this year. I promise. I'm not going to keep talking about it. Um, let's see. I guess that's it. Let's see. There's not much going on other than just playing catch up here and getting stuff done, crossing things off my list. Um, if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash dark art society and you get, uh, uh, for as little as a dollar, you get, uh, if you join at the $5 level and above, I believe, you get a 20% discount of skulls from Skull Shop. This is my child skull I have from them. Really great. Uh, let's see. S-K-U-L-L-S-H-O-P-P-E dot com. They're great. Love them. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, check this out. I'm excited about this. So now you can do um, subscription billing on the Patreon. So you can join at uh, for like a year and get a discount. So that's going to be really cool. I'm excited about that. And the thing I'm super excited about is that is that they're offering free trials. So I'm um, offering they they're offering free seven day trials on Patreon. So I uh, I've been asking them that for years now and um i'm excited to be able to offer that on uh our patreon on the dark art society and on my personal patreon which is uh patreon.com slash chetzar and if you haven't subscribed to my patreon and you're a fan of my work just go do the free trial and you'll trip out at all the work that's on there there's so much work on there people don't realize i think people thought i stopped I don't know, I just went away or something. <clears throat> but I've been saving all my progress. Uh, all, all my current work has just been on my Patreon. And I'll release some kind of like major pieces on social media eventually. But people on my Patreon, they get to see it as it's conceived. That's our new dog, um, Tater. Hey, leave it! Hey, Tater, leave it! Uh, sorry. Um... 
yeah so you you uh, on my patreon you could see it like from the conception to the uh drawing on the canvas to every stage <clears throat> at the end of every day i post pictures of everything i've done for the day and then I do time lapses, I do tutorials, I do all kinds of stuff on there. So now if you go there, you can join uh, for free for seven days. And that's patreon.com slash chetzar. And uh, the Dark Art Society one is patreon.com slash darkartsociety. And um, if you join the Dark Art Society Patreon, you get your name read on the air. And I think we only have one this week. And that is Rob Elrod. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. That's it. Um, I guess that's all. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the great interview with Carrie. Uh, great to talk to her after the, all these years, a couple of years it's been, two or three years, three, four. I don't even remember, but her book's awesome. Scissors and Tears. We talk all about it. Talk about the process of making books, art books, and uh, hope you enjoy it. All right. Here we go. Hello, Carrie. Hi, Chet. How are you? Good. How are you? Now, you're about to tell me a bug story. So, so you, you need oh. to tell the, I wanted you to share that with the audience. Well, uh, my husband and I arrived from Florida to Warsaw four days ago, and we're staying with family and uh, we're a little jet lagged. But the room that we were, we are staying in had a bug infestation. And it was a like a phantom bug situation where uh, it starts to get light in Poland around four 30 in the morning and the bugs would come out with the sun. So about five o'clock in the morning, they would start marching from the wall over our faces towards <laughs> this window. And, um, <laughs> this happened for two or three nights in a row, which just made that transition of adjusting to jet lag even more, uh, surreal. That's terrible because it did look, we couldn't find the source of them. So my sister-in-law was really suggesting that maybe I had spontaneously uh, manifested these bugs or they came with us. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of bugs? Which is are... still possible. <laughs> True. They were like black flies and ants. And it was... <laughs> A bunch of different bugs. <laughs> yeah. And they were very hard to kill. And then they would also play dead and then resurrect themselves. Oh, my God. So... Sounds kind of hellish. It made things more surreal. <laughs> <laughs> So you're in Poland right now. Are you have yes. relatives? Are you Polish? No, um, I've done all of my genealogy, and I'm um, woefully British. Okay, <laughs> my husband is from Warsaw, and okay. his family is there, and they're so generous uh, that they um, speak English impeccably. <laughs> so, really? Yeah, they're wonderful people, and we enjoy visiting them very much. That's cool. So, and the the highlight of this trip for me. I will get to go to Sanok and go to the Bekshinsky Museum. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you went there yeah. yet. No, not no, yet. No, but I'll be posting. Oh, I'm, I'm so jealous. Excited. I'm so yeah. jealous. I've seen some in person. I have seen some pieces in person, and they're really, they're a lot different than I thought they would be as far as technique wise. At least the paintings I saw were a lot of like little, <clears throat> tiny little strokes. It was almost like cross hatching. Okay. Yeah, it was really weird. I don't know if that was all of his paintings or if those were just some of his paintings, but it's like everything. It looked like he'd done it all with little teeny lines. 
really weird. I'll tell you soon. Yes. <laughs> <I can't laughs> I'm trying to remember. I don't think I've seen any in person. Um, very often he's going with family to exhibitions and the, the aesthetic in Poland is very different. They love death. They love dark art. So like wow. his mother, uh, his mother, who's 90 this year, she loves Bekshinsky. She will go to the wow, really? exhibition. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all accepted. That's so it's cool. Not, it's not like in America. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And but... so my work is pretty normal here. It's wow. not, it's not as dark as some of the work and they like it. So I, I've really enjoyed working with my gallery here. So. That's cool. Um, so I've heard that, uh, Europe is, uh, they don't like dark art in Europe in general and all different. of yeah right <laughs> eastern europe i guess is a different, yes. different story and i work with bader gallery they've been doing magical dreams uh, i think they're on magical dreams six this cycle it's like a every other year they do a cycle of exhibitions mm -hmm. and um the gallerist was telling me this story about how um they just did an art fair in paris and there's still a challenge just doing representational art oh, in really? Europe, yeah. which is like strangely familiar to the United States yeah. situation. And uh, that all of <clears throat> that faction of representational fantastic artists was looking to Poland. Like they're now looking to exhibit more in Poland because they feel like that might be the more hopeful or next step. Wow. Um, that's so cool. But that's just the dialogue. So, yeah. <laughs> what a trip. It's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah, Dos Diablos, I think we were just talking about this on a podcast recently. Dos Diablos was telling me how in Mexico it's like they hate dark art. Really? Yeah, which you'd think it's they have really Day of the Dead. It's like yeah. hard, you know, hardcore Catholicism, which is very gothic and dark, I think. But um, yeah, he said that people just don't, are not into it at all, which it trips me out. But who knows? These things are strange. It's, I think it comes in waves and if you're consistent, you'll be there when the pendulum comes back. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> and the mean, pendulum yeah. comes back and forth more and, you know, faster and faster. <laughs> what else are we going to do anyway? I mean, this is what we do. This is, You deal with it. You deal with it, you know? Well, look what I got. Oh, hey, thank you so much. Yeah, That's it's, beautiful. It's such a great <laughs> book. It's amazing. And it was thank so, you. it's, uh, uh, just beautiful. It's a really beautiful book. It, it really, um, you know, gave me a lot of insight to your work, uh, seeing the kind of crazy technique you have. <laughs> your technique is so weird. Like there's nobody, I don't think anybody else, <laughs> has, I've never heard of anybody else doing this to where you kind of collage and then you paint the collage, you use your collage as your like conceptual drawing in a way. And then you paint that and you, but you change it a little bit, you know, you flesh things out. I'm getting that right, correct? Oh, yeah. I, I, you're just reminding me, I would be in conversations like in about 2007 or eight with Travis Louis, and he'd be like, you need more price points. You should sell your drawings. And I'm like, I don't have any drawings. I just have these collages. <laughs> and at the time, I was never going to show anyone the collage. Oh, like wow. I was embarrassed about it. That's a cool um, but at thing. the same time, yeah. I really wanted to articulate it and show the origin. I didn't want it to look like pastiche. Right. Or, you know, they're more of an homage. Yeah, it's uh I I would think that 
as a collector, you'd you'd be way interested in the collage work also because it's like you know it is it's like a sketch. Uh, it, that hasn't happened yet. I still have all of the collages. Have, I did end did up you, exhibiting them. Oh, but okay. I have retrospective coming up in the fall, and that's like the first time, probably, the general public will see the collages. It's They've been exhibited a little bit. Okay. You you haven't have you tried to sell them? They're still too intimate. Like I'm <laughs> really attached to the collage. Huh. Like I love paper. I collected paper even as a child. Like I would collect images or postcards from exhibits oh, that's in so elementary cool. school. Yeah. And I don't know. I think part of selling the work and you don't get the work back was, well, at least I have the collage. Right. Yeah. So, but the other side of it is uh, I feel like everything must go. So at some point it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then I have to go. The other side of that is I don't think anybody really owns my work. I think they're just adopting it, and yeah. it for me, <laughs> but it's really mine. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> it will always be. Yeah. They'll always be your babies. Yes. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so a lot to talk about um, for people who haven't heard your previous podcast. Could you just do a quick overview of you, you being you know you're one of the um you're one of our one of our very few kind of bridges into art academia because you're a professor yes and I'm you're, a... you're legit <laughs> so far so far you know i'm a full professor at florida state university i've been uh, a professor there for 17 years and Damn. so I've, I've survived the uh the tenure process and that's amazing professor congrats and uh i grew up well i was uh my early life was in new orleans i was raised in colorado i went to the art institute of chicago but also went to the florence academy of art for a year and studied classical realism and then my graduate degree is from the university of delaware where i was studying they have a a wonderful art conservation program where i was taking classes that were cross-listed for like undergrads who would go into art conservation as well for graduate students of art and learning technique, which just wasn't, it was really quite unheard of yeah. to be teaching technically. <laughs> and so we would do, um, not, uh, you know, we weren't working from the surface of an image. We were trying to reconstruct historical paintings like a Vermeer or a Manet or a Signorelli or a Botticelli, like how, what were the pigments? What were the processes? If Vermeer used a poplar board, we would use a poplar board oh, cool. and, and look at the forensic technology to assess what the exact palette was. So it wasn't trying to take contemporary materials and recreate a historical painting, but take what this closest approximation of, you know, what Vermeer used and make those choices. Mm -hmm. That sounds like fun. It was. Um, <laughs> we were students of a man named Hilton Brown, and he was very, very, very rigorous and very demanding. Uh -huh. <laughs> and uh, it was more like torture, but it was fun torture. Yeah. 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 Uh, I guess as as a full fledged adults, it might it might seem a little more fun than when you're young and fired up and. 
I know I can't teach like Hilton did now. Like you're not allowed to be that demanding. Oh, okay. Like he, we would get yelled at. He didn't throw anything, All but right. he would humiliate you and make you oh, do God. work to the highest level. But it it paid off. Right. Like there was a right way to do things, and if it wasn't that way, you did it again. Wasn't that uh, Burn Hogarth's supposed to be like that? Burn Hogarth. You know the. I don't know who that is. You've seen his stuff. Oh, probably. <laughs> it's like he does. He's got this book called Dynamic. Oh, oh, figures and yeah. they're very stylized. It doesn't look like Absolutely. anybody else's. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think he was like that. Like he chewed tobacco, and if he didn't like what you're this, I think Travis told me this. If he didn't like what you're doing, he would just spit his tobacco juice on your drawing. <laughs> really nasty. <laughs> he's an amazing draftsman. I would. He's allowed. Right. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> apparently. I, don't, I mean, I, I guess if that's that's the price to learn from him, so be it. But um, yeah. So anyway, just so people have a little bit of, of, of background on you and then uh, and 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 you start. When did you start showing? How did I mean, I, I want to get into the book. I want to I, I want to yeah. get into the book and stuff, but I want to sort of get like some of this basic stuff out of the way, because I think you were on like how many years ago? It was a long time ago. Last time you were on. Oh, oh, the last time I was on the podcast was before the pandemic. So yeah. it was at least 400 years ago. I think that was just 2018 or 19. Yeah. Could have yeah. been 17. But um, yeah. And then you asked about exhibiting. So yeah. Like when uh, did you start showing and how did you kind of do that whole teaching and having an art career at the same time? It seems crazy, like a lot of work. So I will say I was one of those few, I don't know. I don't know what percentage of the population of artists were born and became conscious and knew they wanted to be an artist. So it was always my goal uh, to be an artist. But by age six, I was trying to figure out how I was going to pay for it. Like I always really? was told <laughs> you were going to starve or die in poverty. Right, uh, yes. So I was trying to figure out what other profession I would do and pair it with painting. And yet I met all these professors by the time I was in school, I was like 18. I'm like, well, I can do what you can do. You know, even they told, they told me it was impossible, but I set my sight on that at that age. At the same time, after graduating from the Art Institute of Chicago, I started um, doing historic restoration and painting um, uh, like restoration of historic buildings and um, interiors. Oh, wow. So painting on the side, I was painting for myself because in art school, it was all assignments mm -hmm. and I only wanted to paint for myself. So I really didn't exhibit in my twenties. And then I went to graduate school. So I started, I feel like I didn't paint a painting that was worth a damn till I was 33. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that was about the same time that MySpace was coming out, which is when we met. Right. And then there was just this amazing blooming or birth of strange dynamic artists and the dialogue that was happening through the democratization of art on the internet. Yeah. So it was about, I felt like at age 34, all of a sudden I, there was a worldwide community of weirdos who were making really cool art and we could see, you know, we had right. faces and names and art and it was extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think you have like a, a totally unique perspective that uh, because of your, um, uh, connection to academia you're a professor you also an art professor and you and you kind of came around 
at the time when um, the internet was having like was having a huge influence on artists and artists were able to like show their work online and um, but you having that um, uh, art uh, academic background and experiencing that I think that's really unique and being an artist on top of that I can't think of anybody else I mean I'm sure there's some people but not anybody in our scene that I know of. Thank you for saying our scene. Cause I still like, <laughs> I consider you, you know, a peer and a colleague and oh, it's, you know, was, has been wonderful to exhibit with you. Oh, yeah, so I guess sure. some of the, I'm a bridge. So I also, I kind of, I bridged to classical realism, but they would never claim me as an alumni. <laughs> I will claim bridge. <laughs> thank you. I bridged to what second wave pop surrealism dipped my toes in the dark arts mm -hmm. and then uh around 2011 or 12 i exhibited more with the visionary artists mm -hmm. and i don't know i think now might be the time when i'm just going to be me yeah right <laughs> i'll be 50 soon and i think i'm i really feel i don't know i think i used to give birth to bodies of work like like a cat or a dog, like you're going to have a litter of kittens. And now I feel more like frog spawn or a spider. Like, I feel like I have so many bodies of work that I'm just dying to create yeah. and I need the time to do it. So I'm not as interested in maybe other people's projects right. for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you're, you're, you're one of, I always just think of you as one of one of the guys, <laughs> Not, you. you know, like, I appreciate in, you know what I mean? In that scene, you're one of the people in that scene. One of the artists you know, that we can all, we all know the names of them. They all kind of started around that time. It's almost like, you know, it got labeled pop surrealism, I suppose, is the most widely um, used term for that scene. But I don't know. It seems, it's almost like a class, a class of whatever time period that was, uh, uh, I don't know. It just seems like it's its own thing and a lot of different styles of art within that thing, but we all kind of related in some way. We all, it, we're showing, I guess, cause we are showing at the same galleries, um, showing together and stuff. The other thing the internet did, uh, I hope the background noise isn't too much. No. I, okay, cool. Sorry. I'm in a hotel lobby. Um, uh, no problem. <laughs> that, uh, before artists were so isolated and I had a gallery, you know, prior to working with the pop surrealists, but like the artists were so isolated. They didn't really talk to each other. You just talked to the gallerist right. and with my space and the internet, we all, I don't know. It was fast friends. Right. And there's still some artists. I have to think if I've ever met them in person, and I'm like, no, we've never met in person, right. <laughs> but I collect your work and I love you. And I have watched everything you've posted online mm -hmm. for 20 years. So, um, it, it does, it's a strange synergy. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like artists could organize a lot better and have more power and more control now. Yeah. Um, some of the old ways of thinking that artists need to be isolated or poor or not help each other, I think defeats us. Right. And I think so many of the shows that you've curated prove that community wins. Yeah. You're one of the nicest people. I think being nice wins. So <laughs> thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, same, same goes to you. And you've also you. done, uh, curated some incredible shows like Thank you. museum shows that traveled around. That's pretty amazing. 
I tried, I try to make challenges. You know, you come up with an inquiry, like why is this art not in academia or why is this art not in a museum? And um, it was a big challenge in 2011. I curated the first version of Cute and Creepy. And part of that was I didn't want to do it for the university just, you know, it was for the students too, but I wanted to see how many people I could bring to the gallery. Mm -hmm. So I used all of these tools of self-promotion that were also happening with the rise of online media. Um, Kathy Olivas is one of my favorite people to watch for at that time for like how to promote and mm -hmm. share work and uh, advertise. So uh, uh, 11,000 people came to the gallery in one month. Wow. For that show. And that's three times more than had ever attended that's, at any one time. That's what so I, I just blew the doors off. <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, that's super cool. That's I mean, that's what I've I've always um contended is like this is the this is art the artwork that people want to see and and the people that seem to run the museums, they just don't they don't give a shit if people want to see it. They're like they're kinda like uh you know, you might want to see this, but we're going to show you this because we think this is what you should be looking at. You know what I mean? Like when, 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 uh, when, uh, 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 you know, uh, Greg, Greg Escalante. Greg Escalante. Yes. Um, I was telling him about the, Oh, we talk, I, I'm sure we talked about, we probably talked about all this stuff on the other podcast for my memories for shit. Well, we're just, we're just giving a little, <laughs> yes, we're giving a, warm up a, a little, a little background before we get into to the book. Cause so. we have new material. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, um, I, I know that, uh, with the conjoined shows, uh, I was telling, talking to Greg, like, you got to get this in a museum. This would be amazing. And he's like, they don't care. I'm, he, I'm like, you make so much money. People want to see this. These shows are huge. Like, you can't get the pe people at the conjoined shows. You couldn't, it was too many people to fit in the gallery and there'd be people outside. And he's like, mm -hmm. they don't care. That's not their, they're not, they're, they're, they're like the tastemakers and, right. they, and their board makes the decisions and they decide who gets shown. And it's not about what the public necessarily wants to see. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> That's how and there it is. are these rare exceptions. Um, I think some of the rare exceptions were Edward Gorey's exhibition mm. at the Wadsworth Athenaeum. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this is not even, but uh, Tim Burton showing at MoMA. Tim mm -hmm. Burton was showing at the same time yeah. as Maria Abramovich was doing The Artist is Present. Wow, yeah. And I was there for the Tim Burton show. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I saw it, but like I didn't really connect with that work at that time. I'm much more into her now. Once she became unpopular, she became most very interesting to me. I, You know what? I saw that. <laughs> I saw her documentary. Like I thought, oh, she's mm -hmm. some full of shit. One of these lame ass people that's full of shit. And I saw the documentary, totally changed my view of her. I was like, she's legit. I, I'm like, her audio book is fantastic. Really? Yeah, I recommend that to all of my students. Oh, okay. I'll get that. The ending is a little um, 21st century. It talks about her school that she's going to have that fails and how she helps Lady Gaga. In fact, if you use it as a drinking game, like if you took a shot every time she said Lady Gaga, <laughs> you'd probably be dead. But um, she's still the premier performance artist yeah. of the last century and this time. And, and it, it's narrated by her. So I love when artists perform audiobooks right. in their own voice. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Like Patty Smith, just kids is phenomenal. So, so, okay. Um, 
what were what were we talking about? What was I saying so before this? We're, it's about oh, talking about your. It's with the Del Toro show. The Del Toro show. That's what I was going to say. You know that really that that changed the possibility mm -hmm. again, but it had to be through someone whose name mattered and their vision mattered. Right. So you know, I think we have to just consistently chip away at, you know, be rebellious, be creative, uh, put work where it's not expected to be and see what kind of change is possible. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a little, a little bit at a time. Chipping away is the perfect way to put it. Okay. Now we got all this stuff out of the way. Let's okay. talk about your new book. books oh, okay. <laughs> and books in general, because we both, yeah. we both uh, came out with books. I came out with mine. I, About the same time. Yeah. Last fall. I don't, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. My memory's so bad. The official date for mine is November, and I realize this now because I realize I could have applied for some book awards that I found out about. Yeah. Like, all the deadlines were January 1st, and, like, I was so busy, I had no idea. Um, yeah, and, I haven't yeah, even I'm, really been able to promote I, mine or anything. It's, like, <laughs> barely. Yeah, uh, there's a lot going on in academia, especially <laughs> in academia in Florida, and uh, I need to start book promotion now. Right. So um, that's what you're doing here. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and I think I'm best when I'm giving advice to other people because I make some exquisite mistakes. <laughs> so if anybody out there is thinking about having a book one day, I feel like this is the podcast for you. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about my failure. Yes. Everybody <laughs> has success. Yeah, you know, everybody like, who, how to do it. Who's ever thought about um, putting out an art book, especially this is, this is the podcast to listen to because I want to hear about your experience because my experience, I'll just, I'm not, I've talked about it a lot on the podcast. Oh, you it have? Was, okay. I mean, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it just kind of to you, but, um, on here, but, uh, it was, it was a nightmare for me. It was, it was, it was like, I wouldn't have done it if, if I, if I knew how hard it was going to be because I kickstarted it mm -hmm. and I, and I over committed to all my rewards. I underpriced the book by about half. It ended up being about twice as expensive. It took five years, five years past oh, the due okay. date. It was, oh my God. Wow. So it was five years of just like sweating it and suffering. Well, five is your favorite number. It's, I know. It's yeah. like at, at, at the, at, at the end of it, I was like, Oh, of course, five years. But, um, it was, it was such a nightmare. It was such a nightmare, but I'm really happy. The book came out amazing. But, um, so I, and this I, is book number two for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you wrote okay. uh, an essay for my first book, which is so amazing. Um, in fact, I was writing that essay right as I was doing everything for cute and creepy. And, um, I, you know, it's one of those things where I try to tell myself with one part of my brain, um, you've never done this before. <laughs> you've never written an essay for anyone. <laughs> and then on the other side of your brain, you're like, just don't know that, like, just do it. It'll be fine. <laughs> you'd never, you'd never written an essay for another artist before. Oh my God. I'm no. so, so honored. It's so amazing yeah. too. It's like just <laughs> I was like uh, beautiful, beautifully written and, and perfect for the book. I thought it was so good. A lot of, uh, I mean, I studied the work and I feel like I trust and believe in your work. So that's number one. You want a writer who right. trusts and believes in you. But um, the other part of that is Connolly, the writer Connolly, 
he has a book on modern art and the grotesque. And so, yeah, some of the deepest thoughts there are, are based off of that writer's theories, mm. because what, what is it about grotesque art that is gripping and intimate and vulnerable, mm-hmm. but also digs in a little deeper and, and twists? Yeah. So. Yeah. I, whenever I talk about, whenever someone gets my black magic book, I'm always like, read the text, make sure you read Thanks. the text. Cause people, people don't read text in art books. And, uh, and, and that's, I think it's one of the coolest things about the book is, is the, uh, the tech stuff in there. It's actually really, really good. So thank you for that. I appreciate you doing that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. I think that would be advice. Number one, number one is if you're going to have a book, you need to get all of your art books out and read them. Yeah. Right. Look at the page count, look at the quality of the paper. Yeah. How many essays, how much text to image, how many images. So out of, I mean, I hope everybody has at least a hundred art books in their house. I mean, you should. Yeah. 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 And then narrow it down to your top three or four. See, I should have done that. Really? (laughs) I mean, I kind of, I, that's the, my biggest problem was I did not know. I knew what we were going for because mine's a little different. It's like a it's like it's mine's like a dungeon master, you know, D and Dungeon and Dragons. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like a dungeon master monster guide. It's oh, so that's it's so cool. it's like it's it tells us it's it's not an art, it's an art book. I call it an art book, uh uh or a uh masquerading as as a field guide. Oh, that's it's, so cool. So it's it's presented like like a field guide. It's got territories where the characters live. Because what happened is I had Mike Carell, the guy who used to do the podcast with me, and he directed my documentary. He's a really great writer. So he interviewed me about every single painting I've ever done. And I just found that I, I knew, like, because I'm all, like, totally intuitive. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just kind of doing what I feel. And so once he interviewed me, it was like, uh, I knew all this stuff about the paintings, like for sure, like, oh, this means this, this means this. And I'd never verbalized it or thought about it. It was so weird. That's what got the whole idea of starting this, presenting the book in the way, in, in, in this way that it's like a field guide, like a National Geographic field guide or whatever. And um, so, so it's a little different in that way. So I kind of didn't really have an, that, you know, I I had my black magic book, which I liked a lot. I thought that was like a great looking book. Everything about it was good. So I kind of went with that, but, but that's what got me tripped up for five years is like, I couldn't see it. Like I couldn't see how it was laid out and it just was, oh, it was a nightmare. But so that's a great idea though. Getting your favorite art books out, laying them out. Um, This is what, this is the kind of thing I've done when I've been in bands and I was recording music is like, you, if someone's producing your work, you kind of give them a few albums that you just love the sound of the guitar or the mm-hmm. sound of the bass. So they mm-hmm. kind of know where your head's at. Uh, so what do, what were your favorite art books? <laughs> Did you have like, do you remember which ones you kind of like yeah. inspired so you? My book is published by Last Gasp. So there was also, I'm sorry, sorry, by La Luz de Jesus. Yes. So sorry, I'm, I'm jet lagged. Um, uh, and while I have many, many books and some of the books I looked at were not La Luz de Jesus Press, I really loved, and it was surprising. Like I really loved uh, Chris Mars's book. Mm -hmm. It it was simple, the layout, 
the you know where the image is on the page where the text is the size of the font mm-hmm. i really did look to chris mars's book and then it's interesting because in the middle of finishing my book i was asked to write for his book oh, so wow. that was <laughs> like a beautiful exchange and then i was really shocked how incredible every single daniel martin diaz book i haven't is. seen i don't think i've seen any of his books his earliest book is impeccable his latter ones are not with La Luz. He's publishing them on his own, mm. but every single book has incredible essays from museum professionals mm. with outstanding essays. Um, every once in a while, you know, no names, but like someone will have a writer that you can just tell, like yeah. they didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> and I'm like, Am I, this is, or even an artist who's selling for millions of dollars. I'm like, this is really the worst text I've ever read. Right. Um, and his essays were exquisite. I was, I was shocked. So this maybe, maybe I can confess, like I am a person who am, I'm much more inclined to look at the pictures than read the words. I think we're all for the visual book artists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then what is the expectation with the words? What are we talking about? So I would say number two is if you're, if you're going to have text, are you writing? Right. Or is someone else writing for you or both? How many essays are there? What is the word count? And then you just can't have a writer like write about anything. Right. They really need direction. And unless someone else is directing the book, then, hey, you get to. It's hard to do this as an artist. It's like I would I need you to write about X. Right. And so you got to give them an assignment. You have to draw them a map and then let them go. So and, you, you've yeah. did, so you planned this map out, like you, did you oversee the whole thing and we're kind of like, I did. Okay. Did you have any yeah. collaborators with that or were you just kind of like left it? I would own? say a, a book is a team sport. Yeah, for sure. But I was driving. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I, I feel like I made tons of mistakes, but I did it all in a year Wow. and That's impressive. the way it, the way it started I mean, I think I was book pregnant for mm-hmm. much longer. <laughs> like I felt like I was gestating, but nothing <laughs> was happening. And then um, another professor who was a friend, he asked me what I was up to. And I, I said, I'd just written a memoir. And he said, oh, well, if you ever want a book written about you, give me the memoir and I could easily write your art book. And I wasn't going to do that because my memoir can never be released <laughs> while I'm a professor. Um <laughs> I've looked into this, like other women who wrote uh, memoirs, like too much information, like uh, Louise Brooks wrote a memoir that was called Riding Naked on My Goat. (laughs) And it was so inflammatory. She destroyed the book herself. And it's only known through other people who recounted what they read. (laughs) And I love that. And I feel like there may be some parallels, or I hope I aspire to. Oh my God, I want to read this. (laughs) (laughs) So that was nothing he was ever going to get his hands on. And then, um, yet it was sort of like, it was sort of like the sperm that, that, uh, you know, fertilized the egg. Mm-hmm. He got me going cause mm-hmm. it was like, oh, well he'll write and he has a PhD. So now we're off to the races. That's not how it turned out though, but at least he got this whole project going and I'm very grateful for that. He didn't end up being on the project in the end. Um, I did enlist the top writer 
at least from my point of view, the top writer in the United States on female surrealists. Oh, cool. So those are more of the historical ones, mm -hmm. but she is a professor at Bard and that's Susan Aberth. And wow. she wrote a beautiful essay for the book. So that one was like, great. Um, but I just when... got, I just got the book and I haven't had time to read it. I, I skimmed it, okay. but, yeah, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> and I did read a little bit about some of your process, which, but, um, I will read it. I definitely will read Thank it. You. Um, because it's so it's beautiful anyway keep going susan put me up susan the other author she she put me up to the challenge of writing for the book mm -hmm. and i was terrified like total cold sweat like <laughs> i can't do that like i can't write my own book but she told me to write about my process and that's truly your own like right. nobody, honestly nobody can write about what you do yeah in this true space <clears throat> better than you can and so that was I feel like I could write anything now because <laughs> that was so hard. Wow. Um, two of the things that helped with that, I felt like, you know, I'm an academic. I felt like I needed some sources, like something that would give me some ladder rungs to climb up. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a book on technique, like the theory of technique. I'm going to get the name wrong. Um I'll remember in a minute, but this, this book just, I was very lucky. It came out Did about you? the same time I was writing and it was fantastic. Oh, maybe you can look. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to look. Hold on, let me see if I can find it real quick. <laughs> so sorry. Wait a um, minute. Uh, okay. Uh, Anna wall, Selena chambers, Susan L. Mm -hmm. Aberth. No. Yeah. No, sorry. It's a footnote. I uh, okay. Yeah, I'll never find that. Yeah, let me get that. Yeah, there it is. It's Technique Theory, A New Language for Art. And the author is... My phone is loading. Drumroll, please. Yeah, I know. Henry Statton. Okay. And it's it's a beautiful day when you get a book crush. So I was able to write him and say, like, your new book came out on Technique Theory for Art and I'm your biggest fan. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I totally recommend the book for anybody who's fought with the idea that technique was good or bad or not supported. Hmm. He just gave some ways to talk about the, the importance of craft. Uh, can you uh, say, can you say it again? Cause I'm going to write that down. Oh, sure, I'm, sure. get, I'm definitely going to get this book. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry I you're thought gonna... it was pretty comprehensive to read and I felt like it was good for artists. It wasn't just for philosophers. Right. Right. Staten. Techne theory, a new language for art. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Thank you. And, you know, it's also that, you know, what is technique? Technique is a bunch of practitioners trying something and failing. So when you learn a technique, you are gaining knowledge from all of these other failures. Mm -hmm. and there's something beautiful about that. Yeah. And, um, and at the same time, like your art can't just be technique. There has to be content. Right. There has to be emotion and feeling and ideas yep. and a lot more. But I felt like if we're going to talk about process, you have to talk about, you know, what makes you unique? What is your process? What right. is your technique? So, so did you, my, yeah, did ahead. you, did you, uh, you know, I found that while there, while uh, Mike was making the documentary about me, I had to really think about my work and the book, I had to really like uh, analyze, self-analyze and think in, in ways about my own work that I'd never thought about ever 
it was like, whoa, it really, I feel like at the end, especially the end of the documentary, it was like, man, I, it was like going to therapy in a way. It was like, I felt like a different person at the end. Cause I, cause I understood myself so much more. And so did you go through that kind of process or, or were you, were you all, all already, you're not a dummy like me and you already, okay. <laughs> you already know about your, your artwork it, 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 because you, because you're so smart. <laughs> your PhD. I mean, you're smart. World number one. I, no, no, no. I don't have a PhD. Oh, just okay. a master's. Um, oh, you just, just merely a master's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, those are a big difference, but uh, I think, I mean, I'll say it this way. I, I screwed up so bad because I'm not, I don't really like school. Like I, I hated high school <laughs> and now I've screwed up so bad. I'm in school for the rest of my wow. life, but I feel like, you know, I haven't stopped going to school. So it right. is constantly humiliating and constantly challenging. <laughs> and like, I learned how to spell when I was 30. So yeah, I'm, I'm finally getting somewhere at around age 50. Like things are like writing is starting to make sense. Uh, the knowledge of the English language better. You know? <laughs> um, so I would say, yeah, I would say for myself, I had at least three existential crises doing the book, at least three. Uh -huh. And then, yeah, it's all therapy. It's all self-knowledge, self-awareness. You know, it's, it's another level of consciousness. And I mean, I think that way about every interview, if you get really good interview right. questions, I learned so much about myself. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm always interested in the assignment and, you know, that's another thing is if you have been interviewed a lot, you can read all of your own interviews <laughs> to get some of the content you want right. for what you need to write. You've already been doing the work the whole time. True. You just have to go back and put it all together. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how things are floating around in your head and you know them. And until someone asks you, you'd never verbalize them. And then you verbalize it and you're like, whoa, I didn't even know I, I knew that. Like uh, when I found it, I had synesthesia. So I have a, I have a flavor name flavors. Like fl so, <laughs> but does the number five have a color and a flavor? No, it doesn't have a color. I'm, I'm, I've got the okay. worst one. I've got the, it's called okay. Luxico. Uh, I forgot the name, but it's like, it's flavors. Like names okay. have flavors, like carry tastes like cranberry juice. It's just, that's great. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, strongly. And it's, I'd been doing it since probably, I mean, as long back as I could remember, for sure, five years old, maybe before. But I'd been doing it, and it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I realized I was doing it. Every time I heard a word, like I heard the word, I heard someone say Kathy, I was like, that tastes like milk. Or I heard Mary, it tastes like a raw, cold hot dog from the fridge. It's like, wow, it's like really weird, specific, shitty 70s uh -huh. junk food. And, uh, wow. but it was like, and, and it was before synesthesia was kind of in the, in the mainstream, really. Like mm -hmm. I didn't, I, I couldn't, I didn't know what it was and it was like funny. And I'd tell people at work and, uh, and then I started looking it up and it kind of became like a thing. Like people kind of know what synesthesia is, but they, you know, most people have the cool kind where they see sounds or colors, misspelled words or red and stuff like that. But, um, well, this might also relate, uh, now as a college professor, we talk a lot about neurodivergence mm -hmm. and that's only a categorization categorization that I can tell has been a, in existence for like 20 years, right. uh, but that encompasses everything from ADD, mm -hmm. whatever that is to <laughs> autism. 
but I think what reading more about that has elucidated for me is like, you know, artists, I mean, they're kind of like their own species. We are differently thinking. We're differently, you know, ordered Mm -hmm. and, um, being a creative, I think is really understudied not, but if, but if they really tapped into it and figured it out, they might ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, you know, in general, you know, our weirdness works for us. Right. And, and it's a value. Yeah. It's our superpower. Yeah. Uh, aside from, I tell my students, some of their superpowers are disassociating and uh, (laughs) ghosting. Um, you know, the imagination is infinite and you got to be careful in there Mm because it's not always a safe place and much better at disassociating during COVID. So trying (laughs) to get them to embody and be here and recognize they have a body. Cause I feel like I, I know for myself when I was an undergrad, I honestly thought of myself as a giant eyeball connected to an arm. Mm. I didn't have a body and I certainly didn't take care of myself. Right. Yeah. So it's, um, I, I don't think I count as synthesia, but from the time I started painting figures from life when I was 15 till I was 22, I saw light around people that was colors and I heavily graphed and categorized, per, um, personality traits and types of behaviors with colors Hmm. and what might be auras. Yeah. 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 And then I had to put it away. Like I made myself stop because I was just getting way too weird. Like I couldn't (laughs) have conversations with people about without talking about the colors around them. Yeah. Yeah. My wife, she's always, she sees them. She's always like, you can't see that. I'm like, no, you don't see that. <laughs> but it, it's, I mean, it, all of that stuff is, is related, you know, the synesthesia and the, and the, uh, 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 you know, people might say they're hallucinations. I wouldn't call them hallucinations. I don't think that gives the, the proper, uh, it's not, it's, it, they're, they're weird and we don't know what they are, but they're not just hallucination is like saying it's just bullshit. It's all in your head. And I right. think it's more, there's more to it than that. The way I explain it now is we learn that trees communicate through their canopy and their roots. Mm-hmm. And that's scientifically backed up. Right, I right. think that science has not yet detected our roots and our canopy. Right. I feel like we <laughs> are definitely it. communicating at levels that are much more sophisticated because I have too many examples of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like people so, that, you know, like you or me, we've, we've experienced this stuff and it's like, Whenever they come up with a scientific study that proves it, we're like, yeah, no we'll shit, Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we're, no, we're like, yeah, we already knew that. <laughs> but, you know, these, it does need to be proven for everybody else who doesn't experience it. Because if you if you can't, you know, you can't blame people for not believing it if they haven't had the experience. You know what I mean? But again, it's like being a different species. Yeah, yeah. Just... <laughs> that's but but um, what I was going to say is like. You know, creating art is kind of like a form of synesthesia in a in a way because what we're doing is often we're it's like we're putting together things that don't normally go together in a certain way to make a new thing, and so you know the the synesthesia is like a crossing of two two uh, uh, types of uh, two senses st- sense mm-hmm. stim- stimuli or whatever and. Um, uh, coming up with kind of like a new way of sensing. 
And it's, and that's I definitely what, think artists are synthesizers. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. And it's just, it's just funny that it's so, it's so wrong that the world is just like not suited to us whatsoever. I think about this all the time. It's like, I feel like I'm living in a world that is made for a different type of person than me. And, and it's such a struggle to just kind of get along in this world, like with paperwork and things, math and, and paying bills and doing like doing all these things that I find incredibly difficult. I can't keep them all together in my, in my head, you know, I've been a better and better muggle and I need to stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I, I, I maxed out on the aptitude for being highly functional and yeah. now I need to like, take it down a lot well i guess you have Um, to you have to as part of your uh career you know as a as a teacher in a way right yeah i have to hold a lot of other people together and also my husband is deeply intelligent and deeply creative he's our chair of theater and out of the two of us i mean he can he has an engineering mind he can also fix everything in the house in addition to understanding philosophy but uh he's more deeply creative and more disordered in many ways. Hmm. And when I'm the rational one out of the two of us, <laughs> it really pisses me off. So, <laughs> it's not fair. Yeah, like, right. I'm a surrealist. dude. <laughs> like, why am I being the rational one? Yeah, that's not my job. Crap. It's not my job no, description. I don't, I'm going to disassociate and go do weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so how did you, how did this book come about in the first place? I mean, how did, did did they come to you? Did you go to them and ask if they wanted to do a book on you or? Again, I feel, I mean, honestly, first off, it was just, I mean, in that synthetic kind of way, I was just book pregnant. I kept talking about it. I felt like I was pregnant with a book. And then I was honestly pregnant with twins. I did the memoir and the book on my art. Mm. And now I feel like I still have to get back. I like, I feel like there's a third book in there. Wow. So, um, but from there, you know, I think there's also that idea every time I've painted and then you document the work, it's like, oh yeah, one day I'm going to make a book. Right. So, I mean, this goes back 20 years because it was every picture I got, I had to be really careful where I put it and not lose the folder and not crash the computer. Right. You know, it's your archive. Mm-hmm. And I guess, having the pictures is one thing. And the next part is organizing all the pictures. It's such a nightmare. So I organized them chronologically and alphabetically. So I feel like those are the two archives you want to co- yeah, have yeah. access to, but then also, you know, combing all the hard drives and everything to get the fattest file, the mm-hmm. best image. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a lot of success with scanning slides. That was a big losing moment i thought i was going to get a lot more higher quality images out of slides this isn't reflected in the book though because i'm going through here and it's like these uh, that's one oh yeah the one thing i was gonna say (laughs) i was just looking at it like they just the colors are so good it's like the proofing is amazing because you know having done two books now i i know what can happen if you don't proof of a painting correctly and they all look really high quality and Thank i like you. that you made them all big for the most part you know it's like they 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 feel you know they're nice big colorful pictures you know it's like it should all they should always be 
I've seen books that had small pictures of the paintings. It's like, it's an art book. Why do you have small pictures? You know, uh, like all of them. You probably know the book I'm talking about, but I'm not going to say, I'll tell you after. <laughs> yeah, tell me after. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it's also when you're looking at all these art books and like which art books you love, do you love it because it's a square? Do you love it because it's a rectangle? Mm -hmm. Billy Shire, um, you know, being in publishing for over 25, you know, maybe 30 years, you know, he also had requirements that were helpful. I mean, listen to people who are experts. Yeah, I'm not right. going to reinvent the book format just because I want to make something that no one's ever done before. You know, right. he, would, he didn't want, think the book to be larger than 11 inches because of the average bookshelf yeah so it would sit on the shelf he didn't want any full bleeds mm -hmm. so containing the image to the page mm -hmm. because he felt like when you did a full bleed you'd crack the spine which damages oh, the life of that's the a book. good yeah that's a good point so that was really thoughtful yeah and that you know again you listen to you know, talk to as many people as you can who have made a book. Yeah, and get for sure. For sure. Yeah. I was lucky. I, I worked with Mackie Osborne she was the graphic designer. She, she did the black magic book. And mm -hmm. so she knows all about, all about that stuff, uh, all the technical aspects, but also just what makes a good book. And so, um, she was really invaluable. Uh, uh, she does a lot of like, the Melvins stuff for the Melvins. She does oh, all cool. it's that's Buzz Osborne, the guitar player's wife. So she does all, all their packaging and she's really, really great. Um, so yeah, it's like, I can't even imagine having done it without someone who had some experience, you know, because I didn't, I had to like, I kind of had helped had, I had to get the thing printed myself. Like I had to find a, a you know, a company. She, she luckily, kind of turned me on to this um, uh, book printer in China called uh, Pro, Pro, no, oh, <laughs> no, I'm thinking, oh, it'll come to me, but, but she kind of was like, would talk to them for me because I don't know about like line weight and this and that and, you know, <laughs> it's just like, uh, I, she was really invaluable. Oh, God. I'm going to look up our printer because I don't even know. Hopefully I won't mess up our signal. Let me see. Um, I'm going to look up nah, my book. Too. I'll do it while we're talking. Oh, my book's um, right here. Yeah. What I can tell you is that the email is China printing for you. So uh, <laughs> Let me see. Oh, this is the blank book. This is the dummy book. They sent me a dummy book so, to, to check, like, you know, the oh page, the, the look of the gold. And... Can you draw on that? Yeah, I know. I'm going to do that because it's a thick-ass <laughs> book. I was thinking yeah. that would be a better if I did a, a, a pen and ink drawing on every page. It'd be kind of, I could probably sell it for a lot. Um, anyway, so... I'll, I'll, so we agree. We print in China because it's cheap. I tried. And... I tried to do it in the United States. I contacted some places in the United States, and most of the places actually uh, 
say they're in the United States, but they get them printed in China. Oh. But I found a place that did it, and it was literally double double cost. Definitely, and, and I had, same. I, yeah, I, I, I had I was like, okay, maybe I can like, uh, I gotta fucking fly in here. Oh, I got it. Hold on one second. I'm gonna put it up. <laughs> you can't kill flies. Okay, I'm just gonna say that these pictures it's, that you have in the seven. background, uh, these underpaintings you have in the background. What's that? Uh, oh, what, um, you know, they, if you squint, they look like that Salvador Dali, all of the women in the shape of a skull. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't look that way when you get close. Yeah. But it's, yeah. Um, it's, it does. They're, they're the same they're, proportions. They're Medusas. I'm doing two versions. I'm doing a, got to do a commission of a Medusa. Uh, uh, oh my God. Okay. I just did that on the, on two episodes ago. <laughs> Fly. Taking the flies out. Yes, taking the flies out. Um, so, uh, um, uh, where were we? <laughs> so, yeah, the printer. Yes. I mean, it's oh, good. Oh. What I would say is, if you're if you're going to use, um, if if, you, if you're not good at design, have an experienced designer. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I use Keith Schmedlin. Schmedlin did the design for Chris Cooksey's books. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know him. Chris and I are friends, so I, I asked if it would be okay if I approached him, and um, that was another book that I really thought was done yeah. in an outstanding way. Yeah, I have that book. The difference is like the Chris Cooksey font is not the Bata font. Like you have to find what what font is you, right, and, right, and keep you know how get the look consistent and as artists we want to design our own font even it's like <laughs> i wanted to design my own font it's like you can't do that stuff you just can't you can't there's like a limit but what, what 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 we were saying was what i want to talk about a little bit was it was twice the amount to, to do it in the u.s oh that yeah yeah and i was and so it's like uh it ended up for mine being it, it like it costs like what was it? I had to take at that point, by the time I uh, uh, got the book printed, the money was gone from the Kickstarter. And so I had to take a PayPal. Loan. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And okay. it was like 20 grand, I think 20 grand or 25 grand. I think it was 20 it was 25 grand because I had to pay in two payments. And um how many did you have printed? Uh, 1500. Wow. Yeah. This is a really high quality book. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's really nice. And it ended up being, it's like 400 pages. It was like, it ended up being, Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's that's it's, why it took you five years. Wow. Well, you know, it's, it's embarrassing and hilarious that I, I, she was sending me the PDFs and I was looking at the page number and there's two pages to the number on the PDF one and two, mm -hmm. it'll say page one <laughs> and you go down to two and three or three and four mm -hmm. and it'll say page mm -hmm. two. And so I was okay. reading it going like, okay, I want to get to 200 or 200 pages. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> by the time I figured it out, it was already 400 pages. So this <laughs> it was like a wow. disaster, but it's amazing. It's totally, right. it's just jam packed. I didn't even use all of my artwork, not even near close to all of my artwork. It's, wow. it's it, it was perfect. It, it was meant to be that way. Like my fuck okay. up was, 
was a divinely guided (laughs) (laughs) because everyone waited five years too patiently. Mm -hmm. Only a handful of people got pissed at me. Everyone was super cool. And they ended up getting a book that was, that I'm selling for like almost 95 bucks. I'm selling it for because it cost the, the, the price after paying everybody and paying the graphic designer and the writer. Cause uh, Mike, like I said, Mike interviewed me and then he wrote all the text for me cause he's a great writer. Right. Um, it's like $50 a book. It's like a $50 retail. So I'm selling right. it for like 95 bucks. So it was just a nightmare on, on every level. But uh, so if you sold all the books, would you break even? Oh yeah. No? Yeah. 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 Okay. I okay. mean, what that's a uh, hundred dollar book. So. Uh, but I, I had to, that's the thing. It's like people paid, I charged $40 on the Kickstarter and it's like a okay. hundred dollar book really. Right, right. So I had to give 400 of those books were just like, uh, the cost of doing business. I got to pay these people, you know, I got to, I got to get, you know, I'm not going to yeah. like ask them for another $40. Well, there's overhead, you know? Yeah. So I just, I just had to, yeah, yeah. Are you paying the writer? But I had to just, know. I had to just eat it because they'd waited patiently for five years. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to, and then I had the shipping. It's, it's like a six pound book. Oh my God. Oh so my it's God. Like some of the ships, like wow. ship, shipping to Poland is I'm sure over a hundred dollars shipping. And I've, there was a bunch of overseas orders and it's been, it's, it's seriously been this huge, <laughs> terrible period of my life that I'm like, just just over i got i got the book done I, i've got most of them shipped out i'm kind of like uh getting some of the i still have some rewards to finish up and it's almost over but anyway well you work, look great <laughs> i mean i'm happy now wonderful like you have all your hair you're great <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah i'm surprised it didn't go gray it's like i kind of it's kind of going gray but uh like it, one or two it was it was it was seriously though, like I was losing sleep. I was so stressed out and, um, I had to, I got to a point where I was like, I, I can't, I just have to go, be okay with, with this being late because mm-hmm. I can't keep beating myself up over this. I totally fucked up mm-hmm. and there's nothing I could do about it except do my best. And then I had to kind of let it go. So it really was like, there was kind of like this, uh, like I, I, re- I learned how to, uh, I don't know, have grace under pressure, <laughs> you know, just like let things go, even though the weight of the world's on your shoulders, it's still just kind of let, let things go when you, when you feel like you shouldn't. So, so you didn't dark side at all. You didn't lose your shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, I was like, like I said, I was, I was losing sleep and okay, stuff. Losing and sleep. Totally. I mean, that's, I didn't like yeah. kill anybody or like wake no, out, no. but I was yeah. just like, it was, I'm surprised my hair didn't fall out. It was really super stressful, but, um, yeah, it was a learning experience in a lot of ways, but. Well, I'm going to reiterate two of the things you said. You said, you know, trust in the divine fuck up. <laughs> and I think that's so true. Cause well, yeah, when the first writer went insane and I had to fire him from the job, I just couldn't even believe that I was in this situation without like the main writer for the book. Oh, you had like a, a tell me about that (laughs) well have you seen the show the chair this is this has sandra O, and um it's about it's supposed to be a comedy and it's supposed to be about academia but i swear to god it's like an actual documentary of academia (laughs) and i was i was a little 
like I was on sabbatical going, why am I watching this? Mm. And then I flew to this university to meet with him, flew with my own money to like collaborate and get the article written. And I got dropped down into a situation where he was having, I mean, it was screwing up the university and a lot of people. Um, I won't give too many details, but, uh, I had to go back to the Sandra O oh show to the chair and fast forward through all the episodes because the guy in the episode looked just like the guy who I was writing, who's writing the book. <laughs> and I was like, this is like a really parallel dimension kind of thing. And uh, so I fast forwarded. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. He's going to like, there's going to be a lawsuit, but he's going to win because he has tenure and everything's going to be fine. And then it turned out my guy didn't have tenure. And so they fired him like somebody who worked at Burger King and he just oh. totally his life. And I tried to hold on for a couple more months, but even then, uh, it was like, yeah, no, uh, I had to fire him. Oh so it, it was just, um, that was one existential crisis. Yeah. So, That's, uh, <laughs> that sounds like kind of a big one. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I had to go through the whole thing. Like what if there are no words in the book? Maybe right. it's just pictures, maybe it's super lowbrow, but I'm like, I'm an academic. I have to have words. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> so I would say definitely get all the writing first because once you're on the deadline for the book and a lot of other people are involved, um, it's, it's too much pressure. Mm-hmm. And you can't worry up. You can't make someone else who's far away from you write a book or right. write an article. Yeah. So I would get all the writing up front. So the order of that would be you kind of have to archive your work and have the images because they can't write about the work without the images. So yeah. Right. Right. Which is what that's how, that's how we did ours. It's like the the text was all done, uh, but I couldn't I couldn't envision it. I couldn't envision how to lay it out and how to how to do the different sections, but um, so how did you figure your layout? How like what painting goes where? Did you do it chronologically? How, I mean, you have to have something unless you're just like putting them randomly in there. So I don't think I followed anybody for this one. I I did it in reverse chronological order. So I started with the newest painting first and oh, the that's oldest cool. painting last. That's kind of a cool idea. I like that. And then I went back <laughs> into the womb <laughs> and back into a past life. Uh, and uh, somehow that worked for me. That's a great I don't idea, know. actually. And I will also say the second I got done, I had to just like, there was just a total terror of like, what could have been better? What could oh, have been yeah. different? Mm -hmm. Like, oh my God, like, you know, what isn't better or an right. AA plus plus. So, um, I feel like I have to say this is just my first book because if it's the only book I'm, I could have just died on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> it was just too much. Like you have worried about every comma, every period yeah. of the color correction, the size of the image, um, where things land on the page. Uh, you've worried about, or, you know, been concerned with every single element of the book, including redoing the cover like nine times. Mm -hmm. Like you, you, you go to the edge of relationships going, but could you just do it again? Yeah. Or you get the proof back and you realize, I realized 10% of my images need to be reshot. Oh, really? And I'm my, I am now my photographer. I've had great photographers. Um, some of my photographers have died and like, there was nobody in my region. I live 
kind of rurally and like, I don't know, our town of 200,000 people just doesn't support a technical photographer mm. at the level I need. Yeah. So I became the photographer during wow. this project. I bought a, a mirrorless camera, like a DSLR. Yeah. I'm not a technical person. Yeah, yeah. And I bought the strobes and I, we don't watch TV. So I turned the TV room into a designated photo studio oh, that's great. with an easel. So I would, could just finish a painting, pop the strobes and have the work. But then the next level is editing the photo. And I'm, I'm not the best editor <laughs> of the photo. Did, did you get, a, get the did you get a polarizing filter to, to get rid of the little shines? Cause that's what my, my photographer asked him how to, how he, how he gets rid of the reflection. And it's like a polarizing filter that you turn it and it. I would ask if he uses strobes because if he you... uses, he uses, okay. stro yeah, he has it, and a it polarizer. Goes, yeah. Pop. I, I think, I think so. Cause I shoot it in a, to it makes me so happy. I shoot it in a totally dark room. <laughs> yeah. That's how he does it. I love that part. <laughs> and then, um, uh, and it just, you don't get like reflections from the light. No, huh. but I also could, you know, there's probably somebody out there who's like, no, Carrie, you have a polarizer on there. Cause I helped you. Mm. <laughs> I brought in technical <laughs> people and then they just let me go. It's so. like, it's like a lens that you it, like you put on and you can't see anything, but yeah. you just kind of turn, if you look turn through it, it and you, if you see a reflection, you turn it a little bit and it gets rid of the reflection. I don't know how it works. It's some kind of magic. But um, unfortunately, I probably just use Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. I mean, that, that's part of the process when I get it photographed. There's it, even with the polar polarizing lens are still little highlights, but you just hit them with the healing brush and they just go away now. It's just tedious, but it's easy. But let me see. Use oh, <laughs> here's another another big one. I don't know if you use these words. Um a content edit versus a technical edit. Well, so you get your words and then someone has to edit the content. But if someone is editing the technical part, right? Like if you didn't have the content down, you don't need a technical edit. Right. So you have to have someone who's just going to be like, this doesn't make sense. What are you going with this? Yeah. That... And then you have to have the person with the PhD who really knows so, how to write. Okay, so you so you had <laughs> so the, you had those th you had those two things. That's pretty mm -hmm. cool because we didn't have them, and we did. Me and Mike basically did both of those things, and it was like you know if he did the writing, and I I was I approved the writing. You know I thought it, uh, it was based on interviews, like I said about each painting. So he had the information from the interviews, and then he just worded it in a, in a, in a, as in a, you know, pleasing way. And, uh, uh, but, and we did the, technically we went through, I think the whole book, I don't know, 15 times. Oh, sure. And, and just made sure, I don't think there's a single error in the book. I, I haven't found it yet. Cause we made, he's really good with, uh, grammar and, and stuff. Cause he's a writer. Okay. So, man, but that would have been, that would have been great to have. So how do you find those? Did Billy hook you up with those people? Okay. Billy has um, someone on his team who's has a PhD who just happens to be a phenomenal editor. Oh, that's and so cool. That was a godsend because I could completely 100% trust her and it was done on, in a timely way. Right. Um, and, and Billy covered that. So I was, that that's was great. 
that was a dream. Yeah. I can't do enough for her. And, um, that's great. Let me see. Yeah. These are things you don't think about when you think, Oh, I'd like to make an art book some, someday. You just don't think about all the, all these like little terrible things you have to deal with. I want to go back to that. Like how much does your book cost? So this is a big one. It's like, how many pages is it? I believe mm-hmm. mine is 160 pages. I was able to put in a hundred paintings and three essays and, um, you know, that for me was the perfect, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's not a compact, it's a midsize car maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> where you have the super SUV limo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, By <but> accident. <laughs> I didn't mean to shop prices. I got the first proof back from China and freaked out because it was so bad. It was like when it's, when you get the digital images and everything done, I mean, it's like, you're popping the champagne. Like we have a book. We just have to send it to the printer and Mm -hmm. you think your job is done. Nobody sat me down and prepared me for the horror that would come next, which is getting the first proof. And it's like your child, but ugly, like your (laughs) child, but brutally messed up. So what what (laughs) was wrong with it? Was it? Well, this became a big detective issue. I mean, this was like, we, we got two proofs and I was just like, all the blacks, were too black. The, all the images were way too dark. Everything uh. was slightly acidic. It was it was really humiliating because like you you painstakingly paint right. and then it was just brutalized by the printer. We had to go and find other people who had used the printer to get to the bottom of it and find out that there were some codes that it was like a even though it was a Chinese company, it was a Japanese printer and you had to use a certain code. Oh. But I had four hundred emails to the printer going, "Is this offset? Is this?" the high level? Is this what we're expecting? Like I tried to ask it in as many different ways to this person named Ellen as I could trying to be really kind and gentle. And at some point Ellen said, um, madam, you will have to come to China if you would like this book any better than what you're getting. And oh it was my like, God, Oh, Ellen, I'm mad at you. So <laughs> I went to, um, a printer I had worked from with in the past. Uh, they do like Andrew Wyatt's printing and Ellsworth Kelly's books and like super high end printing and books. They're in Philadelphia. They're brilliant studios. And I did get them to generously give me a quote for the book they would make. It would still be made in China, but they would handle everything in a different way. And it was going to be $25,000 instead of $12,000 to make 2000 books. And I realized one of the gifts of pop surrealism is that you want something that everybody can afford. Mm -hmm. You want the, something that is easily accessible that has really pretty good quality, maybe not the Corvette, you know, the the top of the line quality, Mm -hmm. but that, that's something that people aren't going to be upset about purchasing. They'll purchase easily. Right. And so this made a great $40 book. Yeah. And I had to remember that and go, okay, as much as we all want the $120 book, mm-hmm. I don't think that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have to be humble and honest about it. This is really a, a super sonic resume. Right. I think this book can open a lot of doors, um, make new fans, make new connections. Maybe I can win a fellowship, but I don't think I'm ready for that $120 book. And maybe I never am. Maybe that is, is again, the gift of understanding art for everyone mm-hmm. and not just the old. Right. 
So, I remember the name of the printer. Global okay. PSD. Okay. And it's funny Is because... PTSD. <laughs> global PTSD. <laughs> so that's I got, what I felt like. I got global PTSD when I found out that... <laughs> I had to pay an extra seven thousand dollars because due to Trump's tariffs. Yeah, mm -hmm. I yes. was like, I already hated Trump, but after that, I was so pissed. It's like, oh, another reason to hate him. <laughs> but uh, uh, the funny I was warned about that. What's that? I was warned about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's funny though because you go to their website and it, it doesn't look impressive. It looks like. But it's like they're an industry. You know how it is. It's like they're they're not a. It's not like uh, they don't have a website that's made for the average person to go on and order something. It's, it's very like, basic. Yeah, it's it's like they're a real bookmaker, and if you want to get a book made, you have to email them and call them and do all this stuff. So um, they were great though. They did such a killer job with it. Um, so after three proofs, the third proof yeah. came back in a way that was like, oh my God, this is the book. This so, is the book I want. So they, this fig is it. they figured out the code issue then. But it was a lot of phone calling and a lot of um, me trying to act calm because I was not calm. <laughs> <laughs> like, we did not get this far to die on this hill. <laughs> you know? If we're going to have a book, baby, it's got to look like the paintings or we're yeah. not not going to be okay with 2000 bad no. products. Yeah. Like why, I, why make a book if, if, if it's going to look that bad. And so a lot of my, you know, you, you practiced letting go. I practiced freaking out from every possible <laughs> angle. Like, okay, what if there's no book? Can you be okay with that? Yes, I can be okay with there's no book. Can you be okay with there's no writers? Okay, there are no writers. Can I be okay with the 25% of the images not looking okay? Or 5% of the color being off and like, you know, having to lay on the ground and stare at the sun and like contemplate mortality. And, <laughs> uh, you know, eventually, you know, I rode my bike thousands of miles and I was fine, but I'm a little high strung and uh, I could work on letting go. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't smoke pot. It's on my list of things to learn how to do. So, well, um, I, I didn't have the thing is I didn't have the option of there not being a book because you were already six hundred yeah. people paid me for a yeah. book six hundred, and I was like, I, I, I could walk away, but I, I just, I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> I just couldn't live with myself. But so the problem was was then after the they stopped responding to my emails like you know we're waiting for the book to come we have a solo exhibition with a book release and at this point i'm traveling for an exhibition in indonesia and in australia wow and i'm starting to write ellen like hey we sent everything back we've approved this are we still on schedule and there's no response oh for like God. two weeks and i'm like this person who's been so responsive the entire time and it's just nothing and i'm like Oh God. <laughs> so then they finally respond and they're like, so sorry. We moved to a totally different city. And she sent a picture of the printer, like a gigantic printer on a crane floating through the air. <laughs> and I was just like, nothing prepared me for <laughs> like I should just stop being shocked. But I was just like, yeah, everything's fine. Like at that point, like if we get a book, that's great just whatever, you know, 
So did you get it done in time for the exhibition? Yeah, but we could only get 10. They, they like FedEx 10 books. Oh, and then man. The, the books arrived late. But like, that's a totally different issue. If yeah. you're trying to get a book and you're trying to get it done on time, like that's some extra... You better be in a lot of Buddhist meditation right. and, a lot of yoga and have some amazing people. I mean, yeah. That's just another level of hell. Yeah. Yeah. Especially it's, it's like you've given them a ton of money and they're in China and they can not answer emails for two weeks. It's like, you're totally at their mercy. Well, they moved the factory to a totally different city. <laughs> like I just didn't have that in my game plan. So I remember I, I, well, I sent them the first, I had to, you have to wire them. And the thing is, it's like, you know, I'm used to living off of my, through my credit, credit cards, through my business, business credit cards. If I need I hope you have like frequent flyers with that or something. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. I, 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 I use it a lot. Uh, I, I've got a, an American express, but it's like, if I have a, a big expense like that, I can put it on the card and put it off for a month. And, um, uh, but with this, you had to pay cash. You had to wire them the money. I couldn't, they wouldn't take a card. So I remember So I had to get that PayPal loan so I could get the cash into my bank. And then I, you know, I didn't, I've never wired money before. So I had to like, they had to explain to me how to wire it. And so I had to put all the information in. And I remember I, cause they make you pay, uh, uh, the, 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 first half like 12,000 and then a second 12,000 when it's done before it ships that's how they did it with me and so i sent that i wired that $12,000 that it was it was borrowed you know it wasn't even my money and i was like oh man it was just scary you know and it's like i don't even know if i'm doing the routing number correctly and it's oh so and then you're just like okay hopefully they finish it and <laughs> i could pay the other 12,000 insane it's scary that's where having a publisher was beautiful yeah that was not the thing i was worried about <laughs> i am worried about you know like how do i say it like help helping billy make money helping right. um Jesus, you know so much of my career it's like you want to break even you, yeah, you don't right. want to um go in the red and i feel like you know, you get the book and you think your job's over and your job just started. Right. Because now you got to market and promote the book. Mm -hmm. And oh, I don't have those skills. And now I have to start all over. <laughs> so, so let the learning begin, you know. Throw well, I mean, you're a great interview. It's, it's just a matter of, you know, the, the issue I have, I, I can do interviews. I'm good on interviews also. It's like, it's, I need a publicist, someone that just like reaches out and gets you a bunch of podcast interviews. Cause it's all podcasts nowadays. It's like nobody reads magazines really. So you just need, I would say who, which, if you could give me advice, which podcast should I look to? Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, I don't know. Cause I did the research <laughs> and I couldn't really figure it out. I know. Like, well, th that's, there's not a ton of art podcasts. I'm sure we'll get some, you know, comments in on the, on the yeah if anybody has any suggestions yes. i'm all ears that'd be cool i mean there are a few there's there's like this guy and it's that's the thing it's like do you want to there's podcasts and then there's people that are big on youtube that do kind of like video podcasts and there's this guy andrew tischler who does uh 
Uh, he's an Australian guy, I think, and he does like tutorials. But he also, I see him interviewing people. Um, there's Proco, you know, Pro that guy Pro Proco. He they do really good um, um, tutorial videos. But he he I've seen him. He's had a podcast. I don't know if he still. I think he still has it. But they, you know, there's not a ton of them. There's not a ton of them. But but there might be. Cause I'm old, you know, so it's like, I'm kind of out of touch with what's going on. I'm just busy. I would love <laughs> busy, to have time yeah. to do all the research. Yeah. Um, so I asked a lot of my writer friends how they promote books. And I quickly, like I, one of my friends is a established fiction author and she was like, well, Christmas season is coming up and you really need to hit all the Christmas bazaars and do readings at bookshops oh, and i'm like yeah so that's more like a normal book that's like marketing right. it like a normal book and these are yeah so i totally dark sided on that like i i thought about it and then i went or i will die <laughs> like i just couldn't do that <laughs> so i switched it because i did a, a few gallery like if there's an exhibit i'm happy to have a book event with right. an exhibition mm -hmm. that makes total sense um but the other one is i'm a professor so i did a lot many more visiting artist gigs and just mm -hmm. flew around and spoke at different universities and talked yeah. a little about the book. And yeah. if they want it on Amazon, you can go get it. Yeah, yeah. You could also do book signings. That's another thing. You know, you have to travel around with a bunch of books, but that's that's a good way to sell them. Um, but the thing is, Billy's got the best bookstore in LA. It's true. It's that that bookstore is that whole the whole the the uh, wacko is just like. It's when people come to LA, that's the, that's the only place I tell them to go, go to Wacko. Cause it's just, it's like the dream store, you know, it's got all these crazy toys. It's got just the coolest shit, but their selection of art books is amazing. It's incredible. It's like the best art books, all the best art books. So, so that's kind of the, I got to get my book in there now that I think about it, but, that's a good idea. but, um, you know, that's, that's a really good place to, to sell your book, which I'm sure, you know, he's, he's doing. Um, but yeah, it's like, you got to get on podcasts. I like it. I, I, it's a I good mean, idea. I've, I've got like, you know, I've got, I did a little bit of promotion. I just haven't had time to really put towards it, but they're like horror movie podcasts. Cause I cut, I've got That's that cool. special effects background so I can like sneak, right. sneak in there. But, you know, I, I would think that you, there's probably a lot of, um, book podcasts like people that are into books and stuff because you are in academia and you know the, the the writing is really top notch in there and you've got a lot of text in there about your art and everything so i bet you could get on like a regular author's book podcast instead of artist podcasts you know what i mean i bet you could i have to go back to my research because i have pages of ideas of things i'm going to do mm -hmm. and Now's the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's summer. This this is the time to do it again. But I think it's also if somebody's gonna go into this, this is well, like all of art, it's endurance. Yeah. So you have to like run up the hill, run up the mountain, you know, create the book, create the book, create the book, take a break, promote the book, promote the book. Because <laughs> yeah. <promote the> <laughs> yeah, I I mean I've had like 20 events, but I feel like oh, I you really yeah hardly started. Right. Like, I don't yeah, think yeah. Done yeah. enough. I feel like how many books do we have left? Let's keep going. You know, um, 
I I also want to get it reviewed on Goodreads. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Online platform. Another strategy that I need to start is all of the collecting libraries in the United States, contacting the librarians and getting oh, yeah. into good idea. art collections, like good art idea. book collections. You know, you can you can start an account on Goodreads because Mike did this, the mm-hmm. the guy who wrote the text for the book. You can you can uh, uh, like you can list yourself as author and be on Goodreads and get the book listed on Goodreads so that other people can like add it to their I want to read this book list or whatever because you're the author. I was right about to do that okay. when the school's you know when semester. <laughs> yeah, started, I know, so I know. It's like it's I had a little like you know getting blasted out into outer space. I had a it's book as far away from my to do list as possible. I had so, a book yeah. signing for my show. I had a, sh- a solo show and I did a book signing there, which is cool. And um, I've been on a couple podcasts and I talk about it on the po- my podcast. But beyond that, it's like here's the other thing. Okay, here's what you need to do because I need to do this too. <laughs> <laughs> you i'm sure you know people that that do video editing and shoot video yeah. do like a promo video of the book and with you turning the pages you talking about the book like a five minute short you know because mm-hmm. i need to do that too and that that can you can put that you could, you could cut it into clips put it on tiktok or instagram or whatever and and also on youtube that's that's a big one, I think. I didn't pay for much marketing. I did marketing through Beautiful Bazaar. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I bought a package. That's a they good idea. That's a good idea. Several posts and two online articles. So I've only done one article, and it's like for a year. So I'll do another one in the fall. Have you? Do you th- do you know do you notice that you've gotten anything out of that? Like, if did it do well, or, or can you even tell? I can't say yet. Um, <laughs> I honestly, I don't because because I had a publisher. I don't know how many books have sold. Oh, okay. So I don't have that metric mm-hmm. that would be so much easier to assess. I just feel behind. Yeah, <laughs> and I want to. Promote, 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 do more, do more. Um, but I can say that the the quality of the traffic and the number of likes, I can see the activity. And then when you're promoting the book, you can refer back to the article. So it kind of pays for itself in that way. Mm-hmm. And I was able to send the article to the publisher. So then yeah. Lelux can republish that. So that's been helpful since marketing books i hear from everybody it's just sort of a lost art and it's yeah you, you, can, you know if somebody knew how to do it you can hardly pay anybody to do it for yeah, you yeah. so it yeah, really yeah. just lands on your plate again yeah and um i feel like i lost <laughs> i lost the art <laughs> i just kind of like well, started do you have any books left yeah yeah no i've got a garage full i've i shipped okay. out okay. uh i think i have a hundred hundred left to ship to okay. kickstart kickstarter backers and i got a bunch still so i've sold a lot but it's like mine are only available on my website it's like a, a totally in-house 100 percent, just because i don't know what the fuck i'm doing and it's just what i know how to do but look, look at this though I, I just got i did get it covered i bought oh nice i got it covered in rue morgue 
magazine, cool. which is like a cool horror mag Canadian horror magazine. I suffered. Here's the quote they put. I suffered so much during the process. It was so painful. No way would I have done it if I would have known how hard it would be. <laughs> That's the big quote they put. In. That's how you know it's really good. <laughs> yeah, it was born of suffering. So, yeah, I feel like I, I, I got the ball rolling and then life happened. And then I had to make money and I have to do all this other stuff. And I just kind of like, I don't know, I feel like it's sort of at a standstill. But it's, I also don't feel like, I don't feel like books are uh, a money-making venture, you know? I, I remember that's true. Alex yeah. Gray told me, you know, his big, his big book, the, the big one that got him, you know, the one from the 90s, early 90s. Mm -hmm. I forget the name of it, but it's like everybody knows that Alex Gray book. He was like saying, he was the first person to ever tell me you can't make money off books. <laughs> He's mm -hmm. like, he was making a dollar a book or something. And it was just like, and that thing, everybody, everybody I knew knew that book. It was popular. I, I got mine, I think, at uh, Wacko, actually. That's the first place I saw it. And uh, I remember, I think it was in nineteen ninety six or seven, I, I think he was promoting that book and he spoke at our local library in Colorado Springs. Oh, wow. So like, that's a very humble book tour. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he was so unusual, like that, um, you know, he, he was really so far ahead of his time to yeah. be, um, we're just catching up with Alex now. Right. right? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So he was a, He's 30 years ahead of his time. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And when he was talking about that stuff, it's like people weren't talking about psychedelics the way they do now. No, they were illegalizing the psychedelics. <laughs> like I think it was 1992. I read in Rolling Stone magazine that they increased, you know, the penalty for LSD, like astronomically. Right. So it was, you know, not casual anymore. Yeah. So that's, um, that's a really strange time to be promoting, <laughs> um, all of these human potentials through psychotropics. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. But I mean, the, you know, someone, <clears throat> you know, I had a, a, a period where I was like, did I, should, was it even worth it? It was so, there was so much hard work and everything. And I heard someone say, um, the thing is, is like that your books. And they weren't talking to me. They were talking to someone else about making books your book will be around for, you know, f forever, essentially through your lifetime, uh, being passed down, they, they'll, they'll be, you know, a piece of your, a piece of you and a piece of your artwork that will live on beyond you, you know, especially now when books are not, not everybody, everybody doesn't do books. They're like more of a, a rare gem in this world when everything's online, you know? So it's like a physical imprint we we will have left in the world after we're gone, which is pretty cool. You know, I can hope. I hope. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're in the post apocalypse. I used yeah. to paint paintings, you know, on copper and I wanted the painting to last forever. And I was very, very concerned with everything being ethical and archival. And now I just want to get the art out of me and I don't care, yeah. <laughs> you know, in the same way, it's like use charcoal and oil. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, I think that's, it's important to know what your expectations are. Um, yeah. 
And what, you know, what's your definition of success of your project? A lot of this for me is about making new connections mm -hmm. and communicating with new populations and, um, you know, building more bridges. Let's bring it all the way back around. Right. And I live in Florida. The Northern Florida is not a hub and it is not a central market you know, art market, anything. <laughs> and so this is another way for me to stay viable and to get the artwork out there. Definitely. And I hope, you know, to make new friendships and connections that are lasting and that the book does that for me. But again, I have to do it for the book. Right. So it's, it's not a, like it just getting on, I mean, get, it getting on Amazon was super exciting. Um, we did the pre-sale and for a few days and I have screenshots of it. I was like in the top 10 of art because you have different categorizations yeah. on Amazon. So I was on the top 10 of art history books and like contemporary art books or something. I got in the top 10 and top 20. Oh, cool. I beat Frida Kahlo for a minute wow. and I it was just, I was, it was an extra, extremely, um, satisfying moment of like validity. Like mm -hmm. I, I exist. And then it went to 600 or yeah. something and it to like 6,000 and you're like, okay, not so much validity, you know? Yeah. But, but think, you think about, think about it. Like, uh, okay. Think about how, when we saw our favorite artists come out with a book or we see like the Giger book or the Frazetta book or whatever, all uh, Bekchitsky has awesome books. You know, you think like, well, that's one of the reasons you start. That's one of the reasons I started is the Brahm book and, and mm -hmm. Mark Ryden's book and seeing the mm -hmm. work through these books. Um, and, and so people are seeing your book that way, that your book is that to them. And that's like really, you know, that's a really special, amazing thing. It's very specific to a book. It's not like being online. It's different. It's more intimate, you know, because it's like, what what I love about art books is that um, you have a you have like a book of all the paintings, like a ton of paintings you could look at instead of you know having one print or which are prints are cool and on all and originals of course are amazing, but uh, it's cool to have them all and all together that you can look through all of the paintings. It's it's just its own. There's nothing like an art book really you know it's kind of like a i guess an art museum would be like an art book but you can't have an art museum in your house unless you're super rich and it's good to hear you say that you've you've had your books you know you've had a book longer than i've had it because <laughs> my love for art books is so huge and i have to be like you know i don't think i've accepted my own book at that same level right, as yeah. adoration for others right you know? yeah that's the, I, I know my my essay i wrote for someone else who might be a burgeoning artist like you know that's who i'm writing to right right is yeah the future so i but, mean that hope that wish is in there yeah but that sure. yeah but that i guess that's kind of the point i was making or i started i i probably didn't make it you made a beautiful point <laughs> okay <It was> beautiful. <laughs> but I, I guess what, what i was saying was like you know once you make the book it's like you don't feel that way about your book because you saw it being made but, but other, everybody else is seeing your book that way. You know what I mean? So you're like, all of a sudden you're, you're one of the artists that has an art book out there. Thank you. you know, I need you with... to say that. <laughs> 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 the 
nobody nobody said that to me yet so i didn't know <laughs> just been kind of hard <laughs> but, but but you know how how it's it's like that as an artist as you as you you know you have a gallery show and then prior to the gallery show you're like man i want to have a solo show and then you have the solo show and it's like I don't feel as special as the people that I used to go to the solo shows because I've done it. It's like once you do it, you, you and see how kind of how the sausage is made. It, it doesn't feel as like uh, I don't know. You 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 can't see yourself in the same way, especially when you create all the work and you make the thing. Um, but but that's just we we are the only people that have that perspective. Uh, with our books like we're the only person everybody else is seeing it differently everybody else is seeing it in that magical way which is you know it's because the book's not for us it's for everybody else you know yeah i needed to hear you say that oh good because um and i don't want my computer to die so i'm trying okay. to make my plug no and figure out how to plug this in at the same time um <laughs> Yeah, I think I got the book done and I just felt like I did when I was in elementary school and I sold Girl Scout cookies. And like, I just had like, like, I don't even get to go to camp. Like, I just need to go sell all these books now. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a lot of books. Um, and it just felt like a lot of small, small pressure, like getting the book to good homes, getting right. the book to the right person, making a con, you know, making it matter. Right. Because you right. give a book to somebody who doesn't care and that's like garbage. Yeah. So yeah. how do you make all of these points of contact that are gonna make a lasting imp you know, any impact? Yeah, you just I mean you gotta find the right person for the book. It's just like art sales. It's like, you know, there's certain people that are gonna buy your work and there's certain people that aren't gonna care at all about what we're doing. So it's a matter of going out and finding those people. Oh, you found it. This is really important. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. We're going to run to an outlet. Blah, 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 blah. No problem. No problem. I can uh, edit or I can keep talking oh while gosh. you're doing okay. it. Okay. <laughs> I've got a lot of cords. This is kind of exciting. Okay. Here we go. Oh. They're not, they're not, they don't mind you doing an interview in the lobby. They said they didn't. <laughs> they might now. <laughs> so. Well, we're almost done anyway, so. Yeah. Uh, you, you got it? Okay, we're back. Okay, cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> we got a whole new camera angle. Yeah. All right. It's like a second interview. Okay, let's do another two hours. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no, it was... Uh, uh, okay, we're at an hour 45. That's that's good. Um uh, yeah, I'll be 50 next year. And I feel like in many ways, I, I want another 30 years to paint, at mm -hmm. least. Um, I need all of my injuries in my right arm repaired. And I need to actually start my art career for real now. Yeah. Like I got all that <laughs> academic stuff out of the way. And like, now what are we going to paint? Right. Yeah. So that's the hope. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's a, that's a good place to be really, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, in a sense, I, you know, and when you have an art book, you have definitely, you've reached a certain level when you have an art book because every artist I know, every single artist I know 
has art books. We all collect art books. We all value them. You know, um, it's a thing. Art books are a thing. And, um, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's a, you know, kind of a rite of passage or, or, uh, or just, uh, signaling that you've reached a certain level, just like having a solo show or whatever. There's all kinds of different selling a painting for a certain amount of money. There are all these kind of like milestones and a book is definitely a, you know, you don't make a book when you're first starting out, <laughs> you know, a book comes like after no. you've got a, a large body of work enough to put in a book and a reputation to where someone gives a shit to, you know, let you make a book, you know? Yeah, I've been showing with Billy since 2006 and then seriously since, you know, 2007 or 8 and I knew he published books, but I never asked. Like I I wasn't ready. Yeah. There has to be that moment where you're like, okay, now now. Mm-hmm. And that's a very personal decision. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm glad I waited. It yeah. would have been a very different book if I'd ever done it earlier. Yeah, yeah. So, um it's a trip. I mean, it really, if you, if you're feeling stagnant, if you need some growth, if you want, you know, uh, learning at this level is a huge endeavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thousands of dollars and lots of support. And, um, I do feel like I could, I don't feel like I got done and I never would do that again. Yeah. I just feel like it, a good 10 years would be great. <laughs> so a good, enough time to forget all the pains of labor. Yeah. At the end, I felt like I gave birth to something with corners and right. maybe that's not a, a good idea. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, it's funny because I, I had such, like I said, I had such a bad time with this book, such a difficult time with it. Um, by the end of it, I'm like, this has to only be volume one. I have to do another one because there's all these characters, even, even, you know, I couldn't add a lot of it's the whole thing with my stuff was like, I paint, I paint these characters. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not thinking about it. I'm just painting in a, in a really naive kind of way. Like a kid does it. You don't really think about, I don't, I don't think about having like a point. It's intuitive. Yeah. Totally it's intuitive. A different type of intelligence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and then I, and then after I, you know, I figure out after being interviewed by Mike, what the characters were. So after, you know, since this, since I finished my book, I had done probably three solo shows and it's like, Oh, there's these new characters that I'm not really don't know that much about. And so I put volume one on it (laughs) like an idiot. So just because the hardest part was the format for me. So now the format's done. I can stick with the format and just stick the pictures in and, and write new text. So I, I do want to do a second book, a volume two eventually. And it's like, you know, I know now that I've got a good PayPal. I can get a PayPal loan for $25,000 if I need it. And uh, uh, so I could do it. So I'm probably going to do another one as much as I can't believe I'm saying that, you know, because because it was so bad. But... <laughs> <laughs> It was good pain. It wasn't bad pain. It was good pain. It was bad pain. <laughs> it was bad pain with the re- really. It was, it was with a great result. But I don't know. Your book. It's it's just it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's perfect. Thank you. It's perfect. I love it. I love it. I, I actually like can't wait to read it. Like I said, Thank I started you. reading it, but 
it's just so good. The colors are so good and the paint. And it really made me, um, it, you know what? It gave me a new appreciation for your work too. I already Thank you. loved your work. I've always been a fan, but um, kind of getting more into your process and reading it. Cause I did read some about, like I said, some about your process and, uh, and it, and it just made me like go, wow, this is truly unique work. This is really like, nobody else is doing this kind of work. This is completely hundred percent you and nobody else is doing anything like a little bit like <laughs> it's like totally your voice as an artist is, is singular. It's you. It's, it's like you, you did it. That's the thing. And that's the, that's the whole point of being an artist is finding your voice and being good enough to express it in a way that deserves it, it requires to be expressed and you, and you, and you've done it and it's all culminated in this book. I appreciate you saying that totally. Cause sometimes I feel like I never got over graduate school. Like this process came from graduate school. I had that, you know, the breakthrough that's synonymous with the breakdown where you kind of lose it. Like mm -hmm. I walked into my studio and I cut up all the paper, all the images that I loved. And then I started making new images out of it. And it was a play and it was a, a creative act out yeah. of destruction. But because the art world felt impervious, like it felt like it was all solved. All the great paintings have already been painted. They've been painted by men. There's no mm. room for you. Right. So it was, it was the way I could get in. And sometimes I'm like, well, who would you be if you stopped using, you know, if you stopped being an appropriation artist or if you stopped using a source image, who would you be? So I do think I need to paint a body of work that is purely intuitive because there are images. I realize now there's, there is language and images I can't make through this process, mm. but I don't think I want to give it up. I think I just, again, it's like frog spun. I just want to make multiple bodies of work right. and keep moving through it like you like you know to use Rumi as an example like you don't want to die with the music in you like right. how can you just get it out right and not be locked into one identity or one mode but at the same time don't throw out the baby with the bath right yeah i mean i i don't see why you couldn't <laughs> i don't know i don't see why you'd have to to me it seems like to me, it seems like that that process of uh, doing cut ups and, and collage is is just it's you know it's the other one the other thing is it's completely magical. It's totally like the 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 cut up um, uh, you know uh, uh, Brian Geisen and and uh, William Burroughs cut up method, which is a total magic tech, magical technique. Um, and to me, it's just a way of, of um, <clears throat> you know, I, I conceiving ideas and, 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 and using, um, uh, uh, you know, reflecting your mind outward because it's like, you know, I don't see a difference between just drawing and doodling and doing it the way you're doing as far as what you're getting out of it, because you're coming up with the ideas, you see these things, you arrange them and something is going, this is what I want to say when you put the things together, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, you know, I, I don't see why you'd need to 
change anything unless you want it to for fun, <laughs> which is, you know, really the only reason you, you should do anything when it comes to art, you know, it should be because it's super fun and you love it. You know, it's, it's like, I, I, it's, for me, it's like, man, I'd like to try something like that, you know? And the other thing is I like how, um, <clears throat> you, you, um, you're not, you, you fill in a lot of blanks. I noticed from the collage piece to like a final painting, you know, oh, yeah. you, you do a lot of, you're not just like replicating a collage that you made, you know? And I think that's like a crucial difference, which makes your work so much different than just straight collage work. It's like, uh, I could, I mean, I could see me doing this in a way but you know not not i can imagine okay i could it, it, just as an artist it's like oh it'd be so fun to cut out do collage and then paint it but not pay attention to the cut cut edges and really just like mm -hmm. fill in all the gaps so it's like mm -hmm. you know it looks like its own painting and just using that as like a rough composition for the painting you know it's just exciting it's cool. I love it. I think it's such a cool thing. Thank technique. you. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and your painting skills are awesome too. So I'm just super impressed. I love it. I think you did a killer job. I want to show it again for people watching okay. on YouTube. Thank you, Chet. You're a sweetheart. I'm really grateful. <laughs> oh yeah. It's amazing. Look at that. Buy it. You'll love it. <laughs> It's incredible. Yeah. So thank you for coming on and talking about it. It was oh, super my fun. Pleasure. To, fun to catch up and uh and congratulations again. Thank you. Congratulations to you too. I oh, hope thanks. I hope your audience, you know, the ones who want to make a book or or are now realize they don't want to make a book. <laughs> I hope you got something out of this. Yeah, I know. And, um we kind of we yeah. kind of discussed this ahead of time, like you know, we sort of frame it as the bookmaking process um, for people out there, because I know a lot of people want to make a book, and the pe the only people that should make a book are the ones that are like, I don't care, I still want to make the book. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. But I wish I had had this podcast because <laughs> I, I needed I needed to not make every mistake myself. Yeah, but yeah. I totally did. Yeah. So they're all mine. And it's and, so scary um, too. When you, you have no idea the process, it's, it seems so like impossible. It just seems impossible. And then you do it and then you get the right people to help you and you realize, okay, it's a doable thing. It's not scary anymore. It's like anything, you know? It is like, have, I mean, okay. I haven't had any of my own children, but uh, I feel like, I don't know. It is like having a kid. Or do you yeah. think it's like having a kid? Oh yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, painting is like that too. I, you know, creating art is like that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I forgot. Got to emancipate it and let it have a life of its yeah, own. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Put them out into the world. Yeah, exactly. You, you try and raise them right and you get them out into the world. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I I would love to catch up with you again sometime. Not wait as long. Okay. You know because I my um, pleasure. Yeah, I'd like to. Um, you know, I want to do another episode where we're talking a lot of magic and stuff. 
art and magic art and magic because it's like i like it i've got a lot of theories about this <laughs> give me a couple of your head start because i'll say <laughs> magic is the one where i need to get more written down okay and there's i mean it's part of the memoir but like, oh cool how uh i really do think intuitive intelligence is something you know we need to work together to flesh out and have more I don't think control is the right word, but have more depth and understanding. Mm -hmm. And it is one of our human intelligences and it shouldn't be feared or ignored or disregarded. All right. So how can we use, um, yeah, magic is the easiest word. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> nascent powers that um, can be misinterpreted and misfire and, um, my, my hope is that one day we can look back and say that, you know, we're six generations into this new level of comprehension right. or use because, um, honestly, intuitive intelligence has been bred out, assassinated out and not reinforced. And few people had mentors. Right. So how do we get to that next level? So I love that. Let's yeah. reconvene when I get a little deeper and <laughs> be able to to articulate it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I just, it's like, I, I keep finding myself talking about it when I talk about painting. It's mm -hmm. like, it, it is the same thing. It really is like, uh, I think, I think it's like all artists are doing it and they don't even realize they're doing, they're doing it. They think they're doing paintings, but they're doing magic. They're, they're manifesting this thing from their mind and they're not sure where it comes from. And it's like, that's it. A few years ago, I did a PowerPoint for a workshop with Amanda Sage on intuitive intelligence. And I, when I do these PowerPoints, I'll like chew through 20 books and like cram to, to get to the, you know, the answers to the questions. And, uh, one of the books that was helpful was Evelyn Underhill's book on mysticism. And, uh, what's interesting is like mystics, mystics, as far as I can tell, don't produce anything. Right. But if you apply it to artists, it's like we're mystics, but we make objects. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's the difference between a magician and a mystic. It's like a, the mystic is doing it for uh, like uh, purely inner reasons to elevate their spirit. And the magicians are like sorcerers and they're and they're creating, manifesting things. Okay. It's like that's kind of the, the the differentiation between the two. So it's like the mystics don't. They might get enlightenment, but they're not making cool shit. <laughs> the light bulb is just turning on. Yeah. Right. Um, I got done with that lecture and I laughed so hard. I, I looked at the bibliography for the mission of art by Alex Gray. And so many of the books that I picked were books that he oh, really same book. And I'm like, I, I called Alex. I'm like, oh my God, like I could have just Done read your bibliography <laughs> first you know you're already there right Again, right man ahead of his time yeah so totally. it's great yeah yeah i've been talking about that look uh, that book with people a lot lately and and recommending it and i'm like man i haven't read it forever i need to read it again but it's a good one to bibliomancy you can just open it to any page and it feels it always feels like it's talking directly to you in that moment oh that's cool yeah i'm gonna try Doesn't, that need to be read cover to cover right Just leave it on the back of the toilet you know? <laughs> <laughs> excellent okay well i'll let you go now i kept you a long time i really appreciate you taking all this time out i, I don't know what time it is where you're at it's 
midnight in Poland. Oh shit! But, I'm saying you're all you know, jet lagged and screwed up. No, so, no, no, no. so I appreciate you. I had, I had an espresso and a tequila. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> goes goes two great tastes that go great together. Um, yeah. So okay, thank you for coming out. Don't hang up, and okay. uh, and uh, and but just say goodbye. You just have to say goodbye okay. to the audience. Bye. It was a pleasure. I'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.